0: Live from the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 9th, a Pregame.com podcast. Hello everybody, I'm Tommy Ryder, the Media Insider. Quiet,
1: non I'm broadcasting.
0: Welcome back to a new edition of the Sports Betting Preview Show. I'm joined by my usual cast of characters here, Maddie O'Shea, the GM of content. Holy cow! The Godfather, Marco D'Angelo. and the man, Vegas runner. Oh my <laughs> we got a jam-packed show for you this week. We're going to have a, a huge, huge week in college football. I mean, tons of big games. We're going to preview the game of the week, which is obviously Texas Oklahoma. We're going to have our email question of the week, our weekly picks. Marco uh Tough one last week on, old, on the stench game. Ah, the stench game
1: smelled last week, Tommy. Once
0: in a while, you know, you mess with a skunk, you're going to get
1: sprayed. You getting the the you're getting <laughs> the you, tail. You
0: put the stench together with the Lions, and it's just stench meeting. It's. it's, it's I'll, no t- I'll
2: tell you what happened. It was the Leonard Skinner. You got a little too high in the hot. Yeah, right? he did. He, you well, you got to go back to the fart noise.
0: We'll be back to the fart tonight. <laughs> okay, well, first for our water cooler story of the week, what we're going to do is we're going to look at coaching – and how it affects your handicapping, and some of the new coaches. Two teams have new coaches coming off a bye week, the Rams and the Raiders. Two bad teams, Raiders probably not quite as bad as the Rams. One thing I'm interested in, Vegas Runner, is are these lines the same? Like, take the Rams. Is this line the same with Jim Haslett as it would have been with Scott Linehan? Absolutely. Right now, yeah. I would say, I mean, it,
3: it might shade, based on public perception, a half a point possibly, but um, when it comes to coaching, pretty much when, in, in the pros, we know their philosophies. In the pros, when a team has a lead, 99 out of 100 coaches are going to do the same thing. Unlike college, where it matters. The rankings play such a role, you need to know your coach's personality, especially if you're laying higher digits. Um, in the pros, it isn't you know as, as relevant. Um, what, what odds makers and sharps that I know, you know, that I've spoken to, the way they feel... When you look at coaching, especially in the pros, the way to to add it into your handicapping is look at the situation. Um, how is his history in this situation? Like coming off a bye um, on their third straight road game. You know, you remember back in the day, Jimmy Johnson, you give him two weeks to prepare, yep. you have no chance. Right. Um, so I think it, it's, it's more into that tendency if you're going to handicap. But as far as the line, no, absolutely not. I don't think yet.
0: Unless we see him
3: really fail, you know, do stuff that's so elementary, I don't
0: think they're going to, you know, either way shade it. Okay, and one of the things, you know, I don't, I'm don't, i not the insiders like you and uh, the Godfather are, but one of the things I do in my handicapping is I make sure I know who all the coaches are, what kind of schemes they run. I'll give you an example of what happened last week. Mike Nolan, just a hideous coach in San Francisco, played the Patriots the way you don't play, and he played 10 yards off the receivers. He let those... He's let Wes Welker and Kevin Falk into the middle. That's that's not how, I mean, does he watch film? Did he see what the Dolphins, and Bill Belichick will tell you this personally, too many coaches just want to do what they do. They don't watch film, and they don't adapt to situations. They just run what they run, and I think that's one of the main problems. Maddie, you have the Raiders, you have the Rams, both teams making coaching changes during the bye week. Do you like either one of those teams this week?
2: Uh, you know i i tend to like the raiders i think a little more this week just because of the factor uh that they have a guy uh, stepping in as a head coach who's never been a head coach before um i think with the rams you know people know about jim Hazlitt. he wasn't he was kind of a, tried to be a players coach a little bit and you know lost a lot of those guys back when they had aaron brooks and you know uh, mcallister was kind of more in his prime Joe Horn was there. You know, this is a guy. So you
0: think you think the new the being the unknown gives the Raiders an edge?
2: I think so. I mean, I I, I believe so, as uh, the Godfather would like me to say. Um, this is one of those things. I you know, because I was just doing a little research on uh, on uh, Tom Cable. I believe his name is the the new um, the new head coach for for the Raiders. And this is a guy who worked very closely with Alex Gibb, who was uh, you know the the guru with the Broncos, who kind of uh, Started the, the whole uh, running back zone, zone blocking, off. yeah, the whole yeah exactly the whole zone blocking scheme. This is a guy who comes in, and I think everybody knows that the Raiders have good running backs, possibly like the best group of running backs in the NFL. Then you're putting the guy who basically you know has kind of mentored them or like can, can take advantage of this situation against a team like the Saints who are coming off a very disappointing Monday night loss. And I think the line is a little high. you know I, the line's also high to me the line's high in both games. and I think I agree with Vegas Runner that uh, the line's the same because the, the odds makers are kind of in a wait- and see thing, uh, approach. They're taking a wait and see. They want to see how this guy is going to treat a certain game or you know if he's how he's going to impact the game. It'll change from here on out, but I, I do like the, the value with the Raiders a little more.
0: Uh, Marco, you've been around since coaches were invented. What do you have to say?
1: Well, I agree with most of what Maddie said. One point that I'll say with the Oakland Raider coach, you've got it, the unknown factor. So, you know, we, you know, talked about it earlier with like the New England Patriots when, you know, changing quarterbacks and mm-hmm. game plan, and you don't know how to game plan, you know, with the quarterback change. You've got the same situation with the Raiders because there's no history, there's no game film to go back and look at Cable and see what he does in situations. So, On the first part, that's going to be an advantage for him. Now, we'll see how he makes game adjustments as a head coach. That's going to be something that you have to wait and see. But for teams preparing for him, you know, Oakland definitely has an advantage. Now, going to the St. Louis situation, I actually think a guy like Hazlitt is an upgrade in the fact that you brought out that he was a players' coach and that didn't work in New Orleans, I think right now that's a exactly good what. It is. He, can, he can't be a downgrade.
0: Let's put it that no, way. No, no definitely. But
1: that. the thing that happened in St. Louis is the coach lost the team. Right. The players disagreed with his decisions. He made an idiotic move by benching Balger and you know going to Trent Green. They need a players' coach, so that could give this team a one or two game spark. And but long term, we don't know what that'll be. But I like the situations of the two coaches and the fits that they have there.
2: The one thing I'll add about Taz, though, I think it's kind of ironic that uh, they chose the def- when defense was the main problem with the team, that they picked the defensive coordinator to step up as the head coach. You know, Obviously, they didn't do that in Oakland. They kind of took a guy who probably had more respect to the players and gave him a little boost. So that, that's one point I wanted to bring out as well.
0: Okay, and now let's talk about kind of coaches in general when, when handicapped. handicapping. I mean, I'll give you one game right now that if coaching was even, I would just hammer this week, and that's San Diego over New England. Everything sets up for San Diego to blow them out, but you won't see me pick that game at all because a bigger coaching mismatch you really can't find than Bill Belichick North, over North Turner, and that matters. Belichick will find ways to keep his team in that game, and they shouldn't be. But for me, something like that, that... I can't just look at the team without looking at the coaches. Vegas Runner, do you take that kind of approach? Absolutely. You, you have to. You have to. A
3: perfect example also, and I know we're, we're discussing the pros right now, is, is in college. And you, you can find edges when there's a coaching change. I mean, look, this week, Auburn fired their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Only after seven games, because they're not running the, the offense the way he likes it. The spread offense, they didn't like how he runs it. Now, all of a sudden, Tuberville is going to take more control, he says, of the offense. Um, now, as, as a handicapper, you, you need to go back and, and, and know what's Tuberville's philosophy. Is he more defensive-minded? Is he more offensive-minded? Is he going to keep the spread offense the way it was, or is he going to change it? So, you definitely don't want to go into these kind of games blind and, and pay no attention at all to the coaching. Because the coach does have one of the, the biggest influences on the game. Like they say, if you're going to fix a game, you need the coach... Or the refs, you know, that right. who calls the plays and that's who decides on what the plays. So, um, you know, I, I really think you do have to look at coaching and your handicapping, but it, it's it's a certain percentage. I mean, I wouldn't bet a game because of a coach, but I, I respect what you say. Understand the fact that. What you're saying with North Turner and San Diego, like just can the guy. Laying points, it's triple revenge, and it doesn't matter. Right. And I understand there are coaches like that that I felt the same way with Mike march when he was at St. Mm-hmm. Louis, and I would just be shaking my head saying, "How could this guy be calling this play? It's costing me money week in and week out." Um, so yeah, I think it's better too.
1: We have we have our feelings about mm-hmm. coaches, Marco. Well, you'll know the game that I'm talking about tonight. I still have not got over the playoff game two years ago, New England at San Diego the last year. Basically the game. That, that was last, Marty's last, yep, Marty's Marty last ball. you Yeah, Marty's last game. i interception? That I'm, just the entire game of the decisions he not, made. Not he passed up goal. a 40-some-yard yeah. field goal yeah. early in the game to punt the ball. And then later in the game, just decisions after decisions. They should have blew New England out. And, you know, when I win a game, it's done. It's it's money in my pocket and the game's over. But I'll admit that game, you know, two years ago was my playoff lock of the year, and I was counting my money. That that team was to blow that team out, and Belichick clearly out coached him and won won that game strictly on coaching, not on the playing field.
0: And uh, that's, I agree with that, and that's what I mean about this week is Belichick will find a way to stay in the game to where he can make a run late, and that's why I don't like laying the five. Sure. If, it, if it was them then it would be something different, but I just. Laying points with a much better coach scares me like that. Matty?
2: Now, I actually Mm -hmm. want to bring something up to you, Tommy, is that I think one of the the coaches that kind of came on the scene this year that you've been very impressed with is Jim Zorn. Oh, yes. He's a guy, and this is kind of where I'm trying to make the parallel with Cable, is just that this is a guy who's kind of been under the radar. All of a sudden, he became a head coach. And I think you're going to throw John Harbaugh into the situation, too, a guy who hasn't been a head coach ever. And kind of these are the two most impressive coaches to me this year that people didn't have any idea. I mean, the Redskins would have lost games like that, like at Philly. I mean, I, I mean, I think they actually won at, at at Philly last year too, or they beat him last but year. But in that spot, but, that but was a that bad spot, spot for them. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that this guy is making really good decisions. I mean, he, he, to, I, to, to beat Dallas the way he did too a couple weeks ago. Um,
3: I think that's a perfect example of the Zorn thing because if you remember less than a month ago, people wanted to hang them. You after remember the preseason? The last game. three weeks of the preseason when they were just the getting destroyed, blown out? And everybody was how could they hire Zorn? Right. What coaching experience? He was the next quarterback and not even a good one at that. And now he's the
2: early favorite for coach of the year, I think. And they were blaming the owner, and they
3: were, you know, so so I think that what Matty just said is a gives a perfect example of what we said at the onset that you definitely need to give it time and you don't want to rush the judgment over a coaching change.
0: No, I agree. And you're listening to the sports betting preview show for October 9th, the pregame.com podcast. Coming up in our next segment, we'll be looking at the Oklahoma-Texas game. But just to wrap up this coaching thing, the way it can affect a game, in my opinion, the worst coach in the NFL by a country mile is Brad Childress. That guy is an absolute joke. He's, he's been more on he's your blogs than oh, anybody I've ever seen. He is a hideous, hideous football coach. And, and a game. as well. He looks like Major Dad. <laughs> and, uh, a game, he looks like my trash. <laughs> major, but he does. The game you guys had, the Colts-Vikings, that just shows what coaching does. There no way should the Vikings have lost that game. There's no way in heck they should have lost that and game. The Colts
3: shouldn't be two, and they should be they zero four. four. Yeah. they actually
0: beat the uh, Texans. No, I'm no. saying two weeks, Matt, well, and two weeks back yes. so or oh, yeah. two weeks The game where the Vikings just dominated, but his he was so conservative. Inside the 20, and playing they just and had a key. to lose, yeah. not
3: playing
2: to win. And you know, and how the hell he won that Monday night game this last week, still by accident. Ballina.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. threw a bomb to two or two guys in the same they spot, had to hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but guys like that, that's what will happen. They'll get lucky in a game like sure. that. Dude, but look what he did before the half 25 seconds left, one timeout, Milking first the down the from the 25. Yep. And he ran the ball up the middle for three yards and had to use his no last time out. What yes. kind of what kind of coaching is that? You're playing the top offense in football. How about scoring another so touchdown? It, yeah, it just exactly. And those are the type of things you have to look at, guys. Anything else on this subject? We all we all set. So that's that's our views on coaching. Does definitely should be involved with your handicapping, like like Vegas Runner said. Not the overriding. You know, sometimes one of us will have a feeling like I do with North Turner and just can't put my money on yeah, it. Yeah, that, and
3: it that makes sense. You and,
0: know. But um, well, we'll be back. We're going to look at the big game. There's a lot of big games in college football this week, but we're looking at the biggest, Texas and Oklahoma, right after this. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of
2: content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the pregame wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the pregame wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now.
0: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 9th, the pregame.com podcast. Coming up a little later, our weekly selections and our email question of the week. We're going to preview the top college football game this week in a second. But during the break, we were talking about getting a, promoting a fight. We were thinking, you call Mike Tyson, give him six months to train, Tyson versus Kimbo Slice. The whole, every single human being on the planet would buy that fight. Absolutely, it would be an absolute right. train wreck. It wouldn't be any kind of good boxing match whatsoever. But you'd but have just to as, see it, and you'd then because because listen, Kimbo's gonna he's gonna go away. So we get one more payday out of each of these guys. That's gonna be a pregame.com sanctioned fight. We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, in <laughs> touch think, with Kimbo's manager.
2: Mixed martial arts. I'd like to see Mike, Iron Mike throw some kicks. Be, to be allowed to fight? No, but <laughs> yeah, exactly, time. Exactly. But, but <laughs> neither of them can uh, can fight mixed martial <laughs> yeah. arts. So exactly. might as well just we'll be have them stand, like, stand uh, up yeah, regardless. Right. Steel cage.
0: So uh, this is the kind of weekend Tommy Ryder lives for: the Saturday, the huge games all across the, the dial. But the biggest one is... Syracuse, West Virginia. Yeah, Syracuse, West Virginia, SMU, (laughs) Tulsa, all the big ones. But the the major one, Texas, Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. No more shootout. It's not the shootout anymore because that causes people to go shoot other people. As someone someone like me who's (laughs) actually read about and studied serial killers, they kill people because they're nuts. Not (laughs) Not because you call a game the Red River shootout. But anyway... Texas, Oklahoma, a lot to talk about on this game. Godfather, I know you got something you've been saving. What do you got? Well, obviously, it's the biggest game of the week. you got
1: the two top five teams. Um, I look at the game, you know, try to break the game down. I say that Oklahoma's played a tougher schedule. you got two teams that have just been scoring points out the wazoo. They're, they're averaging over the least points that either of these teams have scored in a game is 35 this year. So with that said, you're going to think, you know, the rivalry, the shootout, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I dug in here, and do you realize that the last 19 times that Oklahoma's played a conference game, they've gone under in 15 of the 19 games. Wow, oh, and really? I would think the opposite, that they yeah. put up points. Are you so, kidding me? I'll nope. tell
0: you what, that's our first pregame nugget of the show. That's, uh, that's something that we have Kimbo to... Kimbo
2: Slice, look at it. That's something
0: that is so good, we have to step back and talk about it. 15-4, and four, you're talking about an offensive machine the last couple of years. So, Marco, do you think that's more of their defense stepping up? Do you think it's the level of competition? What do you think that attributes to that kind of... Kind well, of when you, one,
1: when you get into conference play, I mean, they're, obviously they're an offensive juggernaut, but when you play somebody that you know, coaches know the other coaches' tendencies. So, and anybody that's playing Oklahoma, their game plan coming in has got to be, we want to keep that offense off the field. <laughs> so, in, the only way to keep that offense off the field and try to keep yourself in the game is to shorten the games. And Oklahoma, on the same token, you know, when they play some of the lesser weights in the conference, as Ace said in one of our earlier podcasts, if you're looking at an over, you need to have both teams right. scoring. And a lot of the times, you may get an Oklahoma scoring, you know, 40 points. But the other teams, you know, working their butts off to get to 10, and you've got totals of 55 56, and 56, 50 yeah, right. and the games are falling under the number. And in a situation of a game like this, as big as this game is, you know, if it comes down that the game stays tight, the complexion of the game changes. You, you look at a game, you know, how many times, you know, I mean, an example of Monday night football, and it's not a great comparison, but the Monday night game, they had a ton of points. You had three scores that happened in seconds. You had two, you know, punt returns and a blocked field goal for a touchdown. You start that game if that's just a missed field goal in the second, instead of it being run back for a touchdown. You know, now you're playing field position, mm-hmm. and you know you're grinding stuff up. But one quick play, one quick score can change the whole complexion of how a game plays out. And with these two teams, if this game's tight in the second half. Now you start to play sometimes not to lose a game instead of to play to win a
0: game. I can't agree with you more as my years of gambling, that's one of the painful lessons I learned about ten years ago. In a big game like this, it may go up and down the field, but it's less le- I mean the chances are it won't because there's so much at stake. You're going to punt on fourth and one. You're not going to take those chances that you might against a Colorado, a Kansas State. And I, I learned that a long time ago is even though if you have two great offenses, if the game is big, I'm not going to touch the over, especially when it's high like this one. Vegas runner, line comes out at seven, dip to six and a half a couple places. How do you see this? A, a little surprising.
3: Uh, to start off, the the one thing that really intrigued me about this game is that both teams come in off. Nice, impressive wins. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't have anyone that was looking ahead. We don't have anyone that you know played below their capabilities last week. So that tends to make me think we're going to get their A games again this week. Um, To be honest with you, my buddy who still moves steam called me the uh, actually when the lines first came up, and uh, he usually tells me the buy orders. And I said, let me guess, you guys are looking for Oklahoma minus six and a half. And Texas plus seven and a half, and he started laughing so hard. He said, "That's exactly what my sheet says. Um, we're looking to take six and a half with Oklahoma and, and buy seven and a half with um, Texas." I don't think it's going to get to seven and a half. You know, I think it'll be six and a half, and it might just get back to seven. And if heavy side it on one side, you might see a minus one twenty. Getting back to the game, you're looking at two five and and0 teams, two teams that have yet not to cover a game this year. Um, LVSC has Oklahoma number one. They got Texas number four. What
2: USC's, so USC's number, number two? I, no,
3: they they, <laughs> they had the. They finally put USC at number two. Okay, uh, unbelievable. They, they twisted their my, They twisted his arm, and Ken White said, "Go ahead. This week we'll let it, we'll allow it." But so you know the. I thought it was Texas. only 5
2: percent or like a couple
3: points. Uh, let me let me tell you this way: if they played on neutral field, according to his ratings, Oklahoma would be a point. Three favorite. Less than a half a point favorite. So that's how good he thinks USC is. But Still. getting back to this game, I think it's going to come down to who's going to impose their will. Um, look at their stats. They're almost identical. Oklahoma averages 46 rushes a game. Texas averages 43 rushes a game. Both QBs complete over 70% of their passes. Um, both average around 6.8 yards a play. Uh, both score... 10 points per what is yard per point is a 10. I mean, this is as identical as it gets. And that's what shocked me about this line. Because I don't think there's a home field advantage. No. I think the stands are going to be split. I think the teams are used to this kind of game. Um, if anything, it's like a bowl atmosphere. And that's where I got shocked. I, I really thought that they should have brought out Oklahoma at 4. And that's why I think you see the line drop a little. Um, from 7 down to 6.5. Will it continue to go further? I don't know. It doesn't look like it probably would have happened already. So it'll probably stay the same. And like I said, it's going to come down to who's going to impose whose will.
0: Matty?
2: Yeah, I think the most interesting sidebar of this game is just the fact that you have uh, two quarterbacks who are going for the Heisman Trophy, which I don't think that's happened really, you know, where both each team had a Heisman Trophy contender at quarterback going into the game. You've had the good running backs. You've had Peterson. You've had my boy Cedric Benson, uh, who's who's back in, in the league with the with the Bungle. Quentin Griffin
0: had a huge game against. Yeah, I mean, Texas. It, and it's
2: been. I think that's the most interesting part of the game, especially when you're you're looking at Marco's perspective uh, of looking at the under, because I think the the reason the total is still so high is because oh, it's, you hear about Colt McCoy and and Bradford and just like oh my God, these guys are you know whoever wins this game survives like the the Heisman pool for the next week and is going against Chase Daniel like in the, the Big 12 title game, something like that. I mean, I, I honestly think the, the winner of the Heisman Trophy is going to be a quarterback from the Big 12. Whoever like, has the better record, the better stats at the end of the year is going to win the Heisman.
3: Deservingly so. Too.
2: Right. and I agree. Because, and it, and it, a lot of it has to do with when we went to that handicapping conference early in the year. They were talking. I mean, me and Tommy talk about this every day. We're looking at the totals in the in the Big Twelve, and we see that this is ridiculous how high. I mean, the, the Missouri totals like what eighty this week. Yeah. I mean, against Oklahoma State. I mean, this is this is what they want. They want the the high scoring crazy games. But sure. what, it's what, right I think, last what I think, and what I agree with Marco is, is that the running backs have decided this this you know battle for the most part. You got like you know you've got a, some good running backs in this game as well, and I think that's going to be. The guys, you know, who are going to decide the game, not necessarily the quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, and the one thing that may change that from an under to an over, the big weakness on both teams is the secondary. That's one thing that hasn't really been tested yet. That was a question mark coming into the season, so we'll have to see how those the, those units hold up against each other. Marco,
1: good point. Um, one other thing, expanding on what Maddie's talking about with the quarterbacks and you know being the heisman. The other thing with this game is, really, the winner of this game, to me, has the inside track to the national title. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the one team that's loving all of this is the team waiting in the wings, who is the other team that can make their way to the national championship, and that's Missouri. And Missouri's sitting there saying... Hey, this this is great. You got
0: Oklahoma and Texas and one battling. Of lose. One of them's got to lose. And we're gonna get the other one probably. And
1: they get next no. week. They Texas. get Texas oh, yeah, next Texas. week. Yeah. So Missouri's loving the schedule. So they're, they're
0: hoping Oklahoma, Oklahoma wins, right? No, well, I mean no, Texas. Wins. They want so Texas, Texas wins. Texas. Then they beat Texas. There you go. And they them. got the na- yep. and and mm-hmm. they got the it's the national championship is theirs
1: to lose. Right. At that point. I actually
2: think this this brings up something that I didn't even think about. This could possibly be a little look ahead mm-hmm. game. From Missouri this week playing Oklahoma State because yeah they, that's they, true. they got Texas I didn't even really think about that until you just brought that up Marco because I mean they're like a 14, another pregame nugget from they're a the 14 Godfather. point favorite and then you got them with Texas and, on deck that's a that's a and very you know factor.
0: how much I love Oklahoma State and Zach Robinson and if Missouri's not ready to take take on that rushing attack. They're going to be in for a long day. The Oklahoma State averages 315 a game on the ground. They're going to be a tough opponent. One thing I'll say about Texas, I'm not picking this game, I'm just going to watch it. When I watch an NFL team or a college team, I like to sometimes I just like to look at a team and, and get a feel. I feel Texas has it, whatever it is. They look calm... They're blowing out teams they're supposed to blow out. I mean, we knew Oklahoma was going to do this from the start of the season. But that win at Colorado last week really impressed me. You had Oklahoma on deck. You went out to a place that's very tough to play, conference game, and they toyed with Colorado. I mean, they just whooped them bad. So that's one thing I'll say is this Texas team looks like they have a lot of confidence. New defensive coordinator, Will Muschamp, is just... Brought a lot of energy to that defense. I can't wait to watch this game. Hopefully, it'll go better than the first game of the year, USC and Ohio State, which was a uh, over when they got out, got off the bus. But this is going to be a good one. We got Florida, LSU. We got games all over the place this week. If you're a college football fan, this, this is the is weekend. The week, this is the weekend for you. So well, you're, not,
1: you're not taking the wife shopping on Saturday afternoon this week, Tommy?
0: No at okay. first I don't have any money <laughs> home <for> <laughs> i you know I had that bad spell in college in college football. <laughs> I gotta stay home now um well, we know what time it is and now living on his couch the <laughs> that's right, it's the bad beat of the week, which makes this bad beat of the week interesting is all four of us had a had a side or a total on this, and the side and total are both <laughs> the bad beat but it's, uh. <laughs> It was It's the Texans, it's the Colts. We all know what happened. It was 27-10, Houston, cruising to a victory. The Colts score three touchdowns in the final four minutes and change. Game goes over. Colts get the cover for me, but Vegas runners is going to go into that a little bit. All I
1: going to say is that, in other words, what you're trying to say with this bad beat is that there was a winning side and a losing side, and there was two lucky winning sides, Oh yeah, and then there was a very unlucky losing side. Right.
0: No, that was which side were you on? I was on the lucky winning side for once. Sorry. And
3: even funnier, the game ended on a push. That closing right. number was four. That was the, the the crazier part of this game. That it, when it was all said and done, it landed on the closing number. I'm, unfortunately for us in the Hilton contest, it wasn't a, a it was uh, no, three it for was, me. This <laughs> game, I just want people to understand, was so huge to Las Vegas sportsbooks. Um I mean, that's why I, I was talking with the guys before the podcast came up, and I said, we really have to be cautious with the NFL lines this week because them oddsmakers made them about two hours after they just watched this game happen. And this game crushed the books.
2: Tell us what happened at the Hill.
3: They were sitting so pretty with Houston and under, feed up, cigar lit. <laughs> and we're finally turning it around, and it's going to be our day. And all of a sudden, it goes down. I'm sure all VSC's phones were ringing. The pressure's put on the odds makers this week. So the lines are going to be a little, um, you know, you're going to have to put a little work this week to, to pick winners. But what I, a funny story was I went down to the Hilton because I wanted to make a series bet on uh, the playoffs that are beginning. To make a long story short, I, I was speaking with Jay Cornegay, who's the, the head of the, the Hilton Sportsbook over there. And he says, hey, don't tell me you're here with another ripped ticket. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I, I knew you were coming. Is it because of a rip ticket? I said, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm here to make a bet. He said, you have no clue how many rip tickets I have to sit here and piece together to pay people because of the Colts game. <laughs> Actually, a man had a $22,000 ticket that he ripped up, all mad, came back, found the half of it, and had to put in a claim ticket, hopefully, to, to get his money eventually. But it was that drastic of a game. And, I mean, in wow. Vegas, the books felt it. The players felt it. Um, there, even to today, here we are five days later, and that was still the topic of conversation at every sportsbook I visited this
0: past week. And that line went up, too, because of the quarterback situation, right? It, it, the, the, right late when, move when, the late
3: move of right. St. Rosenfeld's going in because it was an undisclosed illness.
0: It right. I
1: mean, yeah, no didn't, didn't come out to an hour no, before game no, time.
3: No one had any clue. And, you know, nowadays because information is so widespread with the internet getting a, a, a nugget getting a, a information that you could move steam on that you could, you know, move a number on is on something like that is a weather report before it's influencing in it the number the wind going out at Wrigley, little things like that, an injury before the game. So, I mean, as soon as they, the word was even announced that Sage may start this. I mean, they flooded the windows, buying up all the Colts they could. Um, and where beforehand they were supporting Houston. So, I mean, it was just a crazy game with a crazy result. And uh, people were going to remember this one I, I, at least till the playoffs. I'm
0: going to remember it <laughs> for the Hilton contest, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you got, you're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 9th, the Pregame.com podcast. And before we go to break, Marco, in light of the Oklahoma-Texas game, in honor of that game, you have an announcement. I going to make it my office,
1: can't. Well... We like to give away RJ's money. That's what we're here for, and we're going to give some away again this week. Anybody that's listened to this week's podcast, we're going to give you a $20 coupon that you can go buy anything you want at Pregame Pros. No obligation. Punch that coupon in. You're going to get $20. Since it is the Red River game this week, punch in Red River 20. Red River 20. Just type that in for your coupon code. 20 bucks. They don't have to buy anything? They well they're gonna use the twenty bucks to buy a pick. Oh, I'm just saying you don't yeah. have to buy anything extra. No, you don't have to buy wow. anything extra. That's all wow. you want. You're good. It's you know. I might buy your are, pick. You know. I might but, buy your pick. Man. You're gonna go in and use it. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if I, I see my no, pick on your I card, I card on I'm Sunday, I'm going to <laughs> think which cap I'm gonna use. <laughs> but that's it. Red River Twenty, courtesy of pregame.com and RJ Bell.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. You get something just for listening. We're coming back with our email question of the week and our weekly selections right after this. Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from Pregame.com. The Pregame Cheat Sheet features everything you need to bet on the top TV games, including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The Pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games and make sure to start your day with the pregame.com cheat sheet. Welcome back everyone. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview show for the week of October 9th the pregame.com podcast. Well, it's time for our email question of the week and once again, we had a lot of good ones, but I think we had maybe our best question ever asked this week. That Something I think we can really dig into here, and it's from our good friend Spartan. The question's a little long. I just realized it's about two paragraphs, but (laughs) I'll try to get it out as quickly as possible. He's thorough, that guy. Oh, yeah, he he doesn't mess around. At all. He says, so you're in a slump picking that one big game. You really would rather not resort to the old school trick of picking up a slump buster at the local saloon. As a seasoned pro capper, what are your realistic, <laughs> what are realistic, and ideas and approach? Do you just study and cap extra hours? Do you take a week off? Every capper, if they are being totally candid and sincere, will fess up to enduring these dry stretches where you swear the fate of the spread winners lies directly in your own personal plays. What do you guys do and how do you react to those inevitable dry spells? I think everybody involved with the forums knows exactly what your old friend Spartan is alluding to. Thanks guys. Well, this
2: one goes out to Spartan right away.
0: Ooh,
2: could this be email? <laughs> use, use your imagination, big guy.
0: <laughs> well, Spartan is Spartan's on a little dry run here on the hill in. It's uh, you know, he's had a, a little tough run. Um, I was actually I had a tough run going a couple weeks ago, so I'll lead this off. I don't really put in any extra hours or anything like that because I feel I put in the same amount of time every week. I I, I work really hard. There's two things I try to do when I'm in a slump. When I look at the games, I I write down my, my initial leans. And when I'm really struggling, I'll look and I'll say, what do you know? And I'll look at the Mac and I'll say, I don't have a good feel for the Mac, so I'll take that out. So what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is sticking at the Big 12 and SEC because I feel like those two conferences are conferences that I really, I really have a good feel for. So I try to stick to what I know. And the other thing, Spartan, and this isn't Monday morning or Tuesday morning quarterbacking, but when I'm going bad, I'll be darned if the team I'm putting my life on is the Detroit Lions. It's no disrespect to you when you're still pick last week, but so many things have to go right for the Lions to win a football game, I just don't know if that's the team you want to put your all, you know, all your money on. I mean, Marco knows that he was
1: I definitely. <laughs> uh, thanks, Tommy, uh, <laughs> with Detroit for the stench game last week. And, and it's true. One thing I want to tell you though, you were in a slump. But you've you've bounced out of the slump big time. And I want to congratulate you. You're Thank you. A, you're on a 12 and three run with your picks last 15. And, you know, incredible run, and that's what you do. You you bounce back. And one thing that I'll say, you point out about a bad team, not so much that everything has to go right. It's just sometimes things don't have to go wrong. Because a losing team, and this is kind of what happened with Detroit last week, the game snowballed out of Mm -hmm. of control right away. Sometimes all you need is one thing to go wrong with a team that's in a losing streak. And then right away the mindset is, here we go again. Exactly. And, and then it just snowballs. So that is a very good point to try to stay away from losing teams when you're in a, a streak like that. And when you follow winning teams, because winning teams are just the opposite. Everything seems to right. have fallen into place for them. That's a good thing. And it's alluding to his first thing about, you know, avoid the local slump buster at the, uh, the saloon. Um, back in the day, I mean, obviously since I'm the oldest guy here, I've had the most losing streaks of, you know, anybody here cause I've, I've been around. For I think day. it was
2: the longest skin in your underwear was what it was, uh, really uh yeah, no, that,
1: that was a different one on the forums, but, uh, I used to have a customer that was with me for 20 years and he was a great guy. He passed away a couple years ago. And I've told you guys the story <laughs> that if I would hit a, a losing streak, the guy would send me bonus money and it'd say, Marco, go get a happy ending. It'll turn things around, you know, and that, that went out for you, Ray. You, you were a longtime customer, and I miss you. But one I should have tried that. that. <laughs> the one thing that I'll tell you Don't that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh when you're in a slump, for me, when it happens, is when I'm winning, I can sit down and start handicapping the games and it's like automatic, boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, automatic. boom, It's the games come jump off the page. It's like a puzzle. literally, like a puzzle you're putting together and literally you see what
3: it's going to become all, right away. You know, gonna you the what Game's going to go over. Absolutely. When
1: you're losing, you have a tendency. It takes you twice as long to get through Single the guess, set. Double guess, triple guess. You overthink everything. Exactly. Stick with what you do.
3: Don't change your face. What he said. That's why what he what he what Tommy said honestly <laughs> struck me right now, and, and it. I really think they really need to listen to that. What you just said about how you stuck to the Big 12, how you stuck to things that were working for you. Mm -hmm. So you already went in confident. You already went in knowing you could beat this conference. So you weren't intimidated. You didn't go in thinking, you know, where I'm going to watch this game is going to decide who's going to win or what shirt I'm going to wear when I'm handicapping or whether (laughs) I use my lucky pen. You know, Because if you go in thinking like that, no, all seriousness... You know, you're going to find ways to lose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let me let me just get to let you know this. Because I've had the luxury and the privilege of working with and for some of the best sports bettors that, I mean, I can't even, I wish one day that I'm as, had half their talent, okay, or and their success. Um, and I've had to endure betting their games early on, some of the worst streaks in my life. Um and I was sat down early because I mean I, I used to get frustrated mm-hmm. because I wasn't picking the games, okay? Right. I was betting what they were telling me, and I'm like, how oh, do these, these guys are, are, are have that much money and they can't pick a winner? And what was explained to me is, you know, how, well, sixty percent cappers is as rare as us not mentioning Tom Brady on the podcast, right? Okay, <laughs> it, it don't happen.
0: I'll sneak okay? him in later. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
3: I mean, if you could, if you could all. If, if you're betting every day, if you're 57 58%, you can make a ton of money, a ton of money betting sports. So even if you're a 60% capper, you're going to have stretches where you're 10 and 30, okay? So you're going to get killed. You're going to lose so many units during that time. But what, if you need to know this going in, I mean, it's a mathematical certainty that if you're a winning sports better, you're going to have losing streaks and long mm-hmm. ones. That's the inevitable. So as, as long as you know that and it sh- you shouldn't have let it affect you, there's two things it's going to affect. A, is it a financial problem that it's affecting? Are you betting too much and, and that puts a strain on your handicapping? Or are you just losing? And, and that's the stress. For me, myself, I, I never worried about losing. I always knew that I, I do what I do, I've done it forever, and at the end of the year, somehow, some way, I, I made money. I, there was always a, I fed my family, so obviously I was doing the right things. Anyway, to make a long story short, you just, you have to stick to it. If you know what you're doing works, you have to believe. You can't be looking to change things, you know? But now if you're fooling yourself, you know, you got to face the music. If you're not a winning handicapper, you're not going to become one overnight, right. you know? Um, it, and, and no money management in the system, in the world, is going to make a bad handicapper a winning handicapper, Okay. But, you know, a a bad money management system will make a great handicapper terrible. So the key when when you're losing is don't change your money management strategy. Don't second guess yourself. Do what you were doing when you were winning. And eventually it's going to turn around. I mean, that's the best advice I could give people because you are going to lose. And for us, it's a little different in this business. I'll tell you what, it never bothered me before because it was me on myself, you know? like I said, I knew at the end of the year when all things are done, I'll be okay. But now we're paid cappers and we're responsible for other people's mm-hmm. financial well-being. So we have that extra pressure. And the key is not to let it affect you. And just like we're telling, you know, our audience not to let it affect them, we need to do the same thing. Right. And I honestly I I could say that this group that I've seen you guys go in bad stretches and come right out of them. I mean, and do the right things, do the same things and that, that's impressive. And that's what we need to get across. That's what I hope the the handicappers that are listening do. Not keep second guessing, trying to find new systems and new mm-hmm. things that work.
1: You can't re, you can't reinvent the wheel. You, you you got to the dance, stay with the person that brought you to the dance. In VR, you know, obviously this year's been a slow start to you for the college football. Oh, absolutely, and, but, and, and college football was
3: always an automatic. Like that's the only thing I never worried about.
1: You but know, when your NFL's winning, you're actually smacking the daylights out of the baseball and you just keep go to the office and do what you do every day, and at the end, it's long-term expectations, and, and that's what makes a winner.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, VR, in one of your threads, I saw someone said, well, he's putting his feet up, just collecting his money, you know, laughing at us. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to speak for every handicapper. but The four guys right here... We do not do that. If you could ever have a camera Thank around you, us when yeah. we lo- when we lose a game, we take this stuff personally, not just for our money, but for your money. We take the- That is a very serious thing to us, and I can trust you. VR started off slow in college football. He's not putting his feet up anywhere. This guy's got tons of sleep. He's working overtime. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Uh, Maddie. do you want to chime in here? Yeah,
2: well, I just want to just close up by saying that uh, – you know, I know this isn't going to help Spartan uh, specifically in the in the Hilton contest, but just when you're when you're tracking your own plays, I mean, the best thing you can do is track your own plays every day because you know I, I learned this early on that it needed to be done because you're always going to find something that you're winning with, you know, whether it's the size, totals, a certain division, a certain conference that you're looking at. Like that's where you know yours comes in when you're talking about doing the Big Twelve and SEC. I mean, you, you you might have lost like ten picks in a row. But you might have won, like, your last three or four, you know, on SEC teams mm-hmm. or something like that. So that's something, like, just stick yeah, with go the SEC. go back and look at and your keep, losses. Keep going back to the well on that stuff. I mean, when I was losing in baseball, and the reason I was losing in baseball, uh, you know, when I went through a couple of really bad skids, I was picking mostly run lines, totals, and underdogs. I, I, I think I picked, like, you know, a, a handful of, of favorites, you know, uh Right after the All Star break, but but I had to do that because it was like that was one of those things where I was trying to just look always look for value. I was holding myself to such a high standard on that stuff. Then it's like, like you said, you have to just go with an easy winner. Go with the team. Yeah, Tommy Ryder
0: sat you down and gave and I gave you my baseball philosophy. (laughs) Bet the Red Sox and the Cubs, and you snapped out (laughs) of Yeah, yeah,
3: (laughs)
2: easy (laughs) money. Yeah, at least I didn't listen to you in the playoffs on that. But oh, that's
0: right, my uh, my World Series prediction didn't last a week. I had the White Sox and the Cubs. We <laughs> uh, next season anyway. <laughs> next year, when I can, you know, the college season's
1: been slow for um, Vegas Runner and myself. You know, where uh, Maddie, on the other hand, you know, you're having a fantastic year in college football, and you're ranked in uh, top fifteen. Is it in the Yeah, I saw top on sports, sports monitor. Sports monitor. Health. Congratulations! Thank you. With thank
2: you. That. I mean, it's been good the last the couple weeks, last three weeks. I think I've gone eleven and two, and eight and one. Yeah, I think I'm going to eat one run, 4-0 last week, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to keep keep it rolling this you week. You will,
3: man. I can feel your confidence. Before this podcast, honestly, when we were talking, the way you were breaking down the game, you were seeing it so clearly. Yeah. And that's when you could tell. Like, honestly, when I go to the sports books, and I know a lot of guys that are winners, and I know other guys, you know, that are always trying to hustle $10 off you, you know? And I could tell when we start talking about games with the guys that are winners— who really believes in himself? Who really is confident? And you could see it in Maddie right now, and honestly, I see it in you too, Tommy. You, you're feeling like you should be winning,
0: and right. when you lose,
3: it's a bad beat. Yes, you and know I, it, it wasn't because of lack of handicapping. It was, you know, sometimes guys you could have it pegged. I mean, you could have it down to a losers. science, and them eleven guys on offense and eleven guys on defense just don't execute it the way you drew it up, and there's right. nothing you could do. You know, you couldn't handicap it. How could you handicap the over to go the way it did Monday night? You know, with the block punts. And, and, you know, there's things like that you can't control. Right. So, you know, when you're confident, you got to go it in. That's right now, both of you guys, dude... Whatever you do, keep firing. Keep firing out games. Thanks,
0: man. man. And hopefully, Spartan, you, you'll you'll get. I think yeah. you have a really good pick this year. No, week. I'm going to go out right now. I'm going to guarantee a win. I'm yeah, guaranteeing a, he works in a hard No, too. Spartan's a great He captain.
3: doesn't just pick games. Yeah, man. by he
0: the way, Spartan, Spartan, about three weeks ago, I said to Maddie, I said, hey, Spartan hasn't won a game in the Hilton yet. I said, that guy's a good capper. He's due. So I started taking your picks. I'm like, come on, buddy. <laughs> now, I'm just I'm just busting. You got a winner this week. I'm going to go right here. I'm going to guarantee a Spartan win in the Hilton this I'll, week.
2: I'll play in your pick this week. Yes, I'm that's so a great calm down, selection. I'm down.
0: So there you go, Spartan. I hope we answered your question. I thought I think that was a pretty good conversation about a topic that is very, very important. Well, the best question for everyone. And uh, once you get free, something free, right? Are yes, dogs, we're going
1: to... The question of the week, as always, gets a $25 coupon. I'll be sending that out to you tomorrow, courtesy of pregame.com, and you can use that to buy any of our cappers here or anybody else on the site. $25 in your email
0: tomorrow. Check it out. Okay, well, now it's time for our weekly selections. Uh, Marco, you and I were on a bit of a run, and uh, that ended abruptly. Uh, I'm the hot hand right yes, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you notice, you know, I'm if, if you're superstitious, you shouldn't have showed up this week. Because right. the
3: only game but you I'm won, not, sir, I'm not was when you not. here. I'm not. I'm not.
0: But um, we're going to lead off with Maddie's Inside the Numbers Play of the Week. As Marco mentioned, ranked number 12th at the Sports Monitor in college football. And I believe you have a college football selection for us right here. I do.
2: I uh, I actually like the the Florida Gators this week. I think this is a game. Uh, I was kind of looking at uh, LSU, and, and uh, I just I had, I've had doubts uh, with them uh, pretty much all so far of the season, and they're one of those teams that you know I think their most impressive win so far was at Auburn, and then you see that Auburn they fired stink, them. and you see that Auburn fired their offensive coordinator today. I mean, and, and Auburn to be. You know, they were right there in that game just the same. I just don't think that, you know, I think this is going to be the time that Florida comes out. They already lost a game. They can't afford to lose a game, another game at home especially. I mean, I I know that the line had, we had a little movement from four to six on this game. I think six is still fine. I think Florida's going to win this one by double digits. So that's that's how confident I am in this game. Um, You know, it's not my biggest play of the week. I'm going to have my NCAA triple play again, Um, you know which I, I won, I swept last week after I, you know, I think I won a Thursday night game last week as well, which I'm, I'm 6-0 in, on Thursday night games uh, as Mr. well. In, Thursday in football. Night. Mr. Yep. Thursday not Not quite Ben Burns. I haven't fired out like 50 bullets so far, but the ones I have have won, so... That's pretty yeah, much yeah. what I got going on this week. I do have my big chalk game of the week, big which chalk I, game of the which week. I did talk to you about. I think my last two big chalk games of the week have won by about yes, sixty five points. I know nine. what
0: this play is, and I got to be honest with you. I see, I can't see how it loses.
2: Absolutely, thank you. I appreciate that. But that's uh, that's what we got. Florida.
0: Okay, the Florida Gators. We're going to go over to the Godfather Marco D'Angelo. He's me, sniffing. He's sniffing. Yeah, let me just get a little Let's, boost here. <laughs> He's sniffing something. Hey, Godfather, you lost your podcast play, but you've been unbelievable in the NFL this year. Your three-game package has won all five Sundays. It's 11-4 and four this year, and that's your top over-under play in the NFL, your top underdog play in the NFL, and your top play in the NFL. All You get them all in one package on Sunday. You're killing it there. You've been killing it in the stench game. Who do you got?
1: Well, uh, I got to bounce back. I mean, uh, I'm angry. The streak got stopped. You know, we're you know four in a row, and it stopped last week. But if I can go four and one in the next five weeks, I'll be happy again. And this week, we're going to go to college football. And I sniffed around, looked at the lines, sniffed a little more, and I'm saying, how in the world can we have a team that's undefeated, 5-0, ranked 13th in the country, playing a team, that's one and four, and the line has picked the winner. Some, What's, no, what,
2: what game is that? It's Some, Vanderbilt,
1: nice. Mississippi State. And we got Mississippi State. <laughs> well, thank you, Maddie. You're bringing them all out tonight. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State, uh, you look at this game, everybody saw Vanderbilt last week on TV. You know, it wasn't a great win, you know, it was an ugly win, but they won. Um, how they came back, and I'll be honest, I had Auburn as one of my plays in college football last week. Jump out thirteen nothing right out of the shoot, and I thought they're going to just blow this team right out. Um, amazingly enough, in they're five and zero, but they've been outgained Vanderbilt in three yep. of the five contests. They're losing inside the numbers. Um, I think they're
0: last in the SEC in like every statistical category except for like takeaways and the offense and defense. They're they're at the bottom of the conference. It's amazing.
1: This is a team that I like to use the phrase, you know, they're winning with smoke, you Mm -hmm. know, smoke and mirrors. You know, the team looks good, but they're not as good as they really are. And what I like, the big rub for me here on this game, they're coming off Auburn, which was a major game. It was a game that, you know, legitimized them as a top 25 team. Next week they go to Georgia, so you're coming off of Auburn. You're going on the road to play Mississippi State, and you got Georgia. You're going to go between the hedges next week. This is a look-ahead game. This is a classic sandwich game. And that's the
0: type of team that'll look ahead, Vanderbilt. Yeah,
1: you're, you're going to get excited. You're going to get excited about Mississippi State. That's one and four. You know their only win was against Southeast Louisiana. I'm i am going yeah. right now. Vanderbilt's going down.
0: Mississippi State wins this game outright. That's the stench well, game of the week. I'm going to have That's to put that awesome. on my card. You talked me right into that one. <laughs> you I need both. Okay, Marco with a Mississippi State Vegas runner. I know you're going to be pounding away in college and, and pro as you. conceded and undefeated for a week right yep, now. It's so. uh, Iowa State do you, Iowa State almost outright almost should have been outright, way. and that's why Kansas. this week
3: I was cocky. I brought two games with me. Two games. I wasn't two? sure what I was going to give, and I'm going to give the, the more, the one that's more interesting.
1: I'm Before you out. read it, do you want me to read it for you? Since I read your winner last week, <laughs> <laughs> no superstition. This is. Maybe a, you can
3: read your other one.
2: Just so I'll it. even is use
1: it? the lock word that betters
3: are afraid of all across the country. No, that's, people are so afraid of that word. It. You it's you too didn't funny. Say that. The lock. Oh, but no. anyway. Um, I, I'm looking at South Carolina versus Kentucky. Uh, here's the game. You have South Carolina 4-2, and Kentucky 4-1. and Kentucky's also 3-1 and against the spread, so you know the betters have a good feeling about that team. You know, they've cashed tickets with them, and that's the kind of team that I don't like following too much. Um, I really like South Carolina in this game. The biggest reason is this. When the line came out, immediately we saw the steam go to Kentucky. Well, I could tell you from experience, that's an automatic when you have an SEC team making their second straight road game. They're going to do that right away regardless of what the number is. And what I like about it is within three days later, they went back, did their homework, capped the game, and all of a sudden ran to the books and got off their bet on that game. Um, And I think by Saturday, they're going to send out an order on the other side, and it's going to be South Carolina. But um, I can't guarantee that. But don't be surprised if you see South Carolina minus one or two by game time. I found plus one um, late last night. Uh, I really think this is a good spot for South Carolina. If you look at the strength of schedule, it's not even close. I mean, South Carolina, even Sagarin's ratings, he's got them as the 49th toughest schedule, while Kentucky somewhere like 110th. Um, so, I, I really think South Carolina has played the tougher schedule. Next, you look at the LVSC oddsmakers poll. South Carolina is still up there. They're number 24. And then you look at the AP, you look at the USA Today, South Carolina is nowhere to be seen. Kentucky is nowhere on there either. But, if you dig a little deeper, you'll see Kentucky got a lot of votes. So, the public perception is that this Kentucky team is for real. They're much. They're even a better team than South Carolina, and now I get a chance to back a spurrier team in a big game where they could go five and two, and they're going on the road, and all they need to do is win the game for me. I'll take South Carolina. It's plus one. I don't need it. I'll lay up to three with them in this spot, and uh, that'll be my podcast steam early steam of the week and see if we could go 2-0.
1: and oh. You know what? Just to add one thing to you, Ace, the public saw Kentucky play last week against Alabama. Alabama, Alabama
3: played them tough. 16-point dog. And, and on every, national TV. And everybody was... Every book I said said, they're betting Kentucky like they already have tomorrow's newspaper. <laughs> Believe it or not, Alabama... I don't know if them percentage sites... Showed Alabama with the money, but the late betters—the guys that wait till an hour before game time—were lining up and taking the fifteen with Kentucky, and they cashed their ticket. And it was a great call. But that—that was, was to goal. be
1: expected last week from Alabama because Alabama was coming off their biggest game of the season, just exactly. absolutely throttling Georgia. And seventeen headlip- fourteen
3: sounds like physical game to me, so I, I expect them to be sore this week going in.
0: Okay, well we got, this is, this is funny, we have Florida, SEC, Mississippi State, SEC, South Carolina. South Carolina, SEC, and this Saturday I have my SEC game of the year. So could it be one of these plays? Who knows? It's, uh, it's going to be a, a fun weekend of wow. SEC football and yeah, Big 12 and everything. So, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. I'm going to give you my uh, early insider play and I'm going to go to the NFL. Someone's got to give a pro pick around here, so I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars getting three and a half at Denver. Denver, to me, is fade all the way. I look at that team, I see I see Brandon Marshall and I see Jay Cutler and I see very little else. Um, Tight end Scheffler is out. Yeah, Scheffler's out. Royals out. They can't run the football. Here comes Jacksonville. Big physical team. Denver can't stop the run. I think Jacksonville is going to control the clock. They're going to run the ball down their Throw. I like the Jaguars to win this game outright in Tough Denver. Tough loss,
2: too, they had on, on Sunday uh, Yep,
0: and this this is really, I mean, I always hate to say it's a bigger game for one team because being in the NFL, they all know should they, be big, they're all big. But this is kind of like the Colts were last week for sure. Jacksonville. Jacksonville really needs this game. They can't fall any further behind Tennessee than they already are. So I just think you're going to see a spirited effort out of Jacksonville. I like him to take this one out. The right. last
3: time you said money line, it was
0: Alabama, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, money line it, it was. Oh. And money. this
3: guy says money line. It's money line.
0: Yep, money line. Uh, I'll be living off that Alabama pick for 3 25. years. So, well, there you have it. Those are our plays of the week and uh, is it over? Well, it is over. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) Great show, guys. Yeah, but I just want to thank everybody who's been listening, downloading the podcast. We're getting a lot of attention out there, and we're really thankful that you spend 45 minutes with us a week listening to our inane babble. So thank you, you everybody out there, and we'll see you next week on the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast.